Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the next episode of the Muddled Thoughts podcast. Joining you this afternoon is myself. I'm Zach. I'm Ryan. And this is Max. It's good to be back, boys. It's good to be back. It's been a while, yes, hasn't it? Is. it? Back it in has. the saddle. Back in the saddle. I missed it, honestly. So this, I'm looking forward to this. Well, we've been uh, we've been away for a little bit. Summer's been a busy time, so it only felt right to kind of you know take some time, relax, enjoy the nice weather. I'm sure we're all busy with work as well. So oh yeah. But uh, nevertheless, it's good to be back and talking to you guys again, even more so than we usually do. Have a full hour of just you know pure prolonged eye contact with the both. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys um, do have any questions for any of us or maybe just some comments on the podcast, please feel free to send us an email. Um, it's up on screen to the left of me. And then, um, but yeah, I'll just say it in case you're listening. You can email us at muddledthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's muddledthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, if we get some responses or just some comments, we'd be happy to address them and talk about them in the next episode. So uh, let us know what you're thinking. Chime in. So uh, anybody want to... I thought maybe we could just start by giving a little general life update on what everybody's uh, been up to since the last time before we dive into our Road America experience this year. I think that's a good idea. So, Ryan, uh, what have you been up to up in the North Woods? Work, 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 work. No, um, uh, we've been pretty busy at work, you know, kind of trying to catch up from the whole shutdown where we just made sanitizer for two and a half months. So it's been kind of hard to get back in the swing of things uh we're getting real close to uh dumping some barrels that myself and brian filled so that'll be fun mm. um are those the first ones that you've dumped yep. that you guys have the, filled yep the last one that we dumped was brian's first one that he filled so the next one will be one of mine i'm pretty sure so that'll be exciting he signed a bottle and took it home to put on the shelf Ooh, so. like a little souvenir of his, yeah, his first right. one, huh? Like an Easter egg. Yeah. Other than that, work is pretty much other than taking care of Remy. You know, haven't really been out fishing much. Went down to Waukesha to visit my dad. Went golfing with my brother a little bit. You know. Hmm. I wish we, we got to go golfing sometime soon. Yes, we do. Max, do you know how to golf? Yeah, I was no, just but I'll figure it out. <laughs> it's just a ba- it's just a baseball swing downwards, right? Yeah, pretty much. My uh, <laughs> my my stepdad very passionately calls it whack fucks. Whack <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, or if uh, or if you're that guy who can't wait, it's it's whack four. Say yeah, whack right. <laughs> like this might hit somebody. I'm just gonna let them know just in case. Grandpa Shaftary is notorious for yelling at people for driving into him. Really? <laughs> Anytime golfing and in him come up in conversation, it's it's always that he's upset that someone drove into him. That's I don't know funny. how true that is, but that's just the rumors <laughs> that I hear. <laughs> I can see it. Uh, update for myself again: lots of work. Um, do have school starting up soon, so. I don't know how that's going to be. I've only got one class, but it's on um, fracture and fatigue. So it's on like structural fa- 
failures of machinery, which it sounds kind of cool. So hopefully it's not too boring. But um, that's pretty much all I got. I've been just working at home. The, the thing is that I don't think we're planning on returning back to work until next year. Oh, is wow. what, um, we had a town hall and uh, they're like, yeah, it, it doesn't look like we're going to be going back until next year. I think we were originally planning to do like a phased return where it's like low occupancy in September, but they were like, nah, not even going to do that. Not worth it. No, not worth the risk, I guess. It's all old people, so. Oh, that's understandable, I guess, then, yeah. Yeah, better to be uh, overly cautious than not enough, right? Right, exactly. Max, what's going on in the Arctic Tundra? Um, not a whole lot besides them making us work more overtime. So, they, uh, they increased the amount of um, overtime hours on the days, so instead of Mando eight hours. It's Mando twelve hours now. So, yikes! Yeah. Yikes. So it kind of sucks, but you know, with you know, in two weeks, in the direct deposit, it won't be so bad. You know, I was gonna say the bank account will be happy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I'm also starting to um, jam with uh, Jake and Eddie again. That's right. Yeah, you uh, you went and jammed a little bit. Was that Thursday? Yeah, and um, I believe Eddie's old drummer from, or drummer that he knew of or in a previous band, he joined us in the jam as well. And um, he's big into like punk stuff, like heavy rock, whatever. So we st- we played a little bit of Rise Against, a little bit of this and that. Mm-hmm. It was cool. He's he's definitely good, good drummer. That's good. Did you guys think he meshed well? Like. I think for a first for a first practice, absolutely. Um, it wasn't obviously like, you know. I I think we we jammed with my cousin Zach one time, and that was really cool. But that was because he was in like a, I wouldn't say a professional band, but mm-hmm. damn near close for what it's worth in Wisconsin. Yeah, fair. But um, cool. but yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. Like he was he was getting into it. I was getting into it. You know it's a good jam practice when I start like hopping like one of those punk pop pans from the early two thousands, <laughs> jumping off of speakers and doing backflips and yeah. I think what happened was Eddie started playing the beginning to like break stuff by Limp Biscuit, <laughs> and I didn't even know how to play it, but I just kind of like went along with it. I was just watching how he was doing it, and we just started getting into it. And then all of a sudden, like Jake started hopping, and then I started hopping. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we went through the whole song and the, the drummer was just like, oh my god, I hate this song. It's like a regular old <laughs> blank 182 situation. Yeah. So, but we all had... Someone's head off. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was a good time though. I, we're we're going to be practicing this Wednesday again, so we'll see how that the second round goes. Mm-hmm. So even though summer's coming to an end, I am excited for winter. Um, I think Max, we got to make a trip up by Ryan sometime this year to go snowboarding up there. Absolutely. I think we talked about that previously, but it'll be a good, uh, yeah, good V two for for Ryan for snowboarding. Yeah, another try when the the hail isn't just sheer ice. Take two. Yeah, that was um, that was not that was fun. rough. You no, were kind of rough. You were set up for failure, to be quite yep. honest. No, it, and I and I failed. I did so. <laughs> failed i did but yeah we should definitely do that that'll be fun 
All right. Um, before we get into the like meat of the episode, we didn't do our drink order. We didn't say what oh, we were yeah. doing around. We forgot we're we're out of shape, out of form. We get back it. in the groove. All I'm right. being a little basic basic kid and drinking some spotted cow this afternoon. Oh, there you go. From a can at that. Nice. I know, right? Not even a bottle. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you from Illinois? Is that you can get? Yeah. I'm going to Wisconsinite's dirty there. I'm going to smuggle this across the border. <laughs> Give my whole 40 rack of spotted cow. Right. So, I don't think I need to add any notes on Spotted Cow. If you're listening to this podcast, you most likely know what Spotted Cow is. You know what Spotted Cow is. All right, Max, what you got? Um, Something pretty close, but not quite. Um, It's New Glarus, but it's their Staghorn Oktoberfest. Oh, that's what I thought it was. Just sneaking a peek at the label. Sneaking a peek. Pretty tasty. I can always... Oktoberfest is such a classic formula you know right pretty much anything oktoberfest um i will i will drink yes almost makes you want to order some wings right now doesn't it dude even before i was drinking it i want wings so it doesn't (laughs) matter doesn't matter i want wings all the time Ryan, what do you got? All right, so we're all going Wisconsin today, but I'm going super local. I have a, it's called Breakfast in Bed. It's a kettle sour ale from Rocky Reef up in Woodruff. Ooh, sour. Um, it's, it's blueberry and maple syrup in a sour. <laughs> There's so many words that don't make sense when they're put together. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of sours and just all those combinations doesn't sound good, but it is fantastic. It's like blueberry pancakes, almost. Like, you get the sour, or the maple syrup on the back note, and the blueberries, just a nice little tart. Hmm. It's good. Where can you get that? Um, you can really only get it from Rocky Reef or um, Save More, the local grocery store, for right now. I think they're working on distributing, but for right now, you guys will have to make a trip up to get some. Man. If you ever want blueberry pancakes in your beer, you got to make a trip up to the North Woods. Right? Damn. Well, sounds Sorry. good. Sorry. Sounds good. good. I'm glad we're all representing uh, Wisco for a very Wisconsin episode, considering we are talking about RA. After all, we all we all coordinated. This wasn't planned. I, at least no. I don't think so. <laughs> Unintentional coordination. I even got the shirt. Yeah, Ryan took it a step further. Right. <clears throat> Max has got more power. More Mo power, baby. Well, sweet. So, yeah, with Road America, um, what did you guys think of this year? It was a bit different vibe than years past with COVID. I mean, initial impressions. What were the the changes that you noticed most? Uh, what, what do you think? Um. I think it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't super different um, because most of my, you know, Road America essentials pretty much are contained within camp. You know, as long as we have the food and the family atmosphere and everything, and I can still go to different turns. It was weird Mm -hmm. not being able to see the cars, not being able to go, you know, wave to the drivers and chat and whatever. But I mean, one year is not a huge deal. So 
And I didn't really on on from my standpoint, having a baby roll to roll around in a wagon. I didn't really want to be in crowds of people up by the the trailers, anyways. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they but. can always it. Having a kid definitely would change how you approach going to the track, right? It's yeah. like you gotta make sure that you can get in and out of places pretty easily and not right. have to lug a bunch of stuff up a huge get, hill or whatever it is. Get back to camp quick in case there's an emergency or something. But yeah, I mean, it definitely changed Road America. But the fact that I'm sharing it with her and, you know, starting a whole nother generation is it mm-hmm. makes it worth it. So I'm excited for a couple of years from now when she can start talking and articulating about yeah. race cars. Right. Naming, naming the cars as they go by or. Yeah. Telling us which trailer she's got to go to to get autographs or who she's rooting for. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It definitely seems like she'll get there. She seems to be into it. So. Yeah. I was surprised. So I guess I don't really get to see her all that often beyond when we podcast or just we're talking to here in the background. But I was very impressed by like how like technical she is already with like different toys. She wants to know how things work. And it's like, I I don't think I've ever really seen a kid like that, at least not at her age. Right. Yeah. At 18 months old. Yeah. She's uh, yeah. 18 months going on six. So race cars will be right up her alley. I bet you she'll be in the team tent. She's like, let me get that for you. I found the 10 mil. I found the 10 mil (laughs) socket. I got it. Oh, you're at your cold, cold air induction fans locking up. You got to put a little grease on that. What are you amateurs? <laughs> yeah, she's gonna say it just like that too. Yeah. <laughs> just what are you chumps away. doing, Dad? Let's <laughs> get the hell out of here. These <laughs> amateurs. It's amateur hour over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Road America. It was fun. It's always fun, no matter what. Yeah, because it was really like the fan experience that changed for this year. Because there was just so much stuff that wasn't there or the stuff that was there was changed. For example, the manufacturing tents like Chevy and yep. Ford, Mazda, Lexus, Hyundai, they, they weren't there this year. So there was it, no free stuff. That was the, the main thing that I noticed is I found myself needing to figure out what we were going to do for the next couple hours every day rather than, you know, being in the paddock for two or three hours. It's like, well, there's nothing to look at in here, so now what? That was the mm-hmm. biggest change for me was just there's a lot more downtime. I spent a lot more time at camp than I usually do. Yeah, which is, is good and bad. I mean, you get right. to spend more time with people, right? Right. But and at it's, the same time, it, it is fun to get to go and do all the different stuff in the paddock and look at and the team tents, too. That's what I go- miss the most go to the Chevy tent every day and put in your email address again because <laughs> the different people are working there. So you just fill your dresser with shirts. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Cause that's what I need. I need four Corvette shirts that look sure. exactly the same as last year's. Yeah. Woo! Just white with red text. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Max, what did you think of year two? I mean, you only had one year in the books as normal Road America, but. Yeah, I mean, it was just so much more like quiet, you know, I know it Mm -hmm. sounds weird, but it was a lot more quiet. There were less people there, more uh, somewhat social distancing measures. 
um, just overall less activity. Right. So it seems a little bit more intimate in terms of like, you know, less people per, you know, square foot, I guess you could say. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Cause like, usually when you go to the paddock, there's like all sorts of groups. It's almost claustrophobic in a way during right. like, the main event. But I don't know. It was, it was just interesting. And, um, uh, camping, not camping there was a big change too. Yeah, I was That's I was true. just going to say, Zach, what did you think about the first year that you've been going in the last, what, 12 years that you didn't get to camp? Yeah, I mean, I, it had it had its pros and cons for sure. Like there's good and bad. I liked that we were able to sleep in a comfortable bed and shower in like a real shower every morning. Right. That was nice. Um was kind of a pain i mean having to drive there every day but thankfully we weren't that far away i mean it was only 45 minutes to get to the track but then you do miss out on like the social fun atmosphere though at night like with dinner and hanging out around the campfire like that was the stuff i missed the most this year was getting to see everybody and and talk because when we were there during the day everybody's watching races so everybody's gone you know Right. I mean, yeah, the 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 normal boys are out taking pictures, Dan and John and Brian. Yeah. So there's not a lot of conversation opportunity. I and I completely agree. Max, did you get any good pictures while we were there? Cuz you busted um, out the camera a little bit. Yeah, I tried to. I tried to get some good pictures. I haven't really reviewed them um since I took them. I think I might have a couple. I think I did I post them on Facebook. I don't know, but I don't think I, so. I didn't try as much as I did last year. I don't know. It just seemed as because um, like you couldn't go in the pit, so that was a missed. It was an opportunity we weren't able to take. Um, yeah, John right. didn't get to steal another front bumper or a tire. Right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think that thing's still just stashed in the back of the garage or something. Yeah, for people who don't know, Ryan's brother John is just I, lucky. I think he's just lucky, is what I'm yep. going with. Yeah. But the fact that he gets just like the coolest racing memorabilia, like literally a front bumper from a car, like that's, from a from a Porsche. I don't remember what it was. No, I don't. I don't think so. It was something cooler than a Porsche, but. And then I just got a notification on Facebook like nah, 12 years ago or something like that was when I got the, the two Ford GT front brake rotors. Yeah, I still have cool. that sitting around somewhere out for forever. I was trying to figure out how I could make a clock out of it, but I figured, you know, a 24 pound brake rotor wasn't really going to hold up in the wall very well. So <laughs> need some big old anchors to get that bad boy up there, <laughs> right? Uh, maybe you could just strap that onto your truck, you know, get some performance brakes on there. <laughs> right. Just one brake. The truck pulls like way to one side. <laughs> That's how you drift, right? Just slam on the brakes. Be like good that. for winter. I don't even have to turn the wheel and the, to go around turns. I just tap the brake. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That sounds good. <laughs> sure. He says, <laughs> I did enjoy that they added more seating down in Canada Corner. Absolutely. Um, 
like the the big stone see i don't even know what you would call it really but yeah it's just you know edge blocks or whatever you'd normally be around a garden mm-hmm. so it is good but, to see that even in times of covid that they're making efforts to make the track better or like improve right. it in some way yeah is there anything that you guys want to want them to do or see more of in the future um well, I was thinking like in the marine sweep, so coming under this gentle bridge, going into five, I feel like it's good viewing area, but the woods are so close to the catch fence that that walking path is so narrow. Mm-hmm. I feel like even if they had an extra set of you know, small bleachers like on the outside of eight or something that they could throw in there just so you don't have to lean on the fence the entire time. Yeah. I feel like that would be good because it's fun to watch. I mean, shit, we spent a couple minutes in Mike and John and I spent a couple minutes down just before five and saw a Civic go out Tokyo drift on the situation. (laughs) So I don't know. Did I tell you guys about this? I I don't remember you telling me. Okay. So it was during like the continental tire series. You know, the challenge cars, the uh, the Acuras and everything. Mm-hmm. It was on Saturday night, and a Civic came in a big group of cars through the sweep into five, just went way off on the right side, on the outside of the apex. Obviously didn't have any brakes or anything at the time, and went, he was going straight for that first wall of tires. And then slammed on the brakes, cut left, slammed on the brakes again, cut right around the first wall, and then spun it and backed up to the third wall. Yeah, that was nuts. That was absolutely nuts. Yeah, we were right there. I was freaking out. I was like, dude, if you get back in the car and drive again, you have bigger balls than anybody that I've ever known in my entire life. That guy saw his life flash before his eyes. He's like, yeah, I'm good. Right. He just sat there like the the lights would turn on, then they'd turn off and they'd turn on and then they'd turn off like every 30 seconds. Then safety workers came up and opened the door and the guy just got out and walked away. I was like, that's probably a good decision. (laughs) Like, Just take the DNF. I'm done. I'm I'm You get style points. You're at the top of the leaderboard for the season standings for the Tokyo (laughs) Driftness. Dude, that would be cool if they added style points to the standings. Like, how many drifts did you do throughout the race? Right. Gutsy passes on the outside of a turn or something. Yeah. Bump draft? <laughs> did you like bump you, somebody? Right. Like if you can get from seventh to first on the outside of the carousel, you just win. <laughs> the carousel. Man. Uh, you actually get to go around the tra- like I've never been around the track before, so I feel like right. the carousel's got to be like pretty scary because it's such a high speed turn and it's so long. It's crazy. Like the biggest thing that I'll say is because I I got a lap around it in a Grand Sport at speed, and I also got to drive our car around it two laps in a Sunset Cruise. Mm-hmm. When I was doing the when I was in the Grand Sport, I didn't care. I wasn't paying attention to the track because I was in a Corvette going around North America. But when I was doing the Sunset Cruise, the elevation changes and the banking in turns is a lot more drastic than what you can see from a spectator point of view. Oh, I bet. Like I bet. the carousel just drops out. Mm-hmm. 
Because it, it, it is downhill going down into yeah, sandbox. Gradually. I mean, there's not really a good viewing point to see it from where you can get like a head-on view of it, so you can't really see how much it drops. But mm-hmm. And it's also not banked either. It's pretty flat, isn't it? It is relatively flat, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, very slight. I figured when I was driving the car through it on the cruise, I figured I would get pulled more towards the inside, but it was mm-hmm. pretty much just level. Hmm. Interesting. Here for all the ASMR listeners out there. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Oh, you betcha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one's free of charge. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, Road America is great. <laughs> Road America is fantastic. Yes. That's all what we're getting all. at here. Road America is fantastic. Um, I do agree with you, Ryan. I would like to see more seating in some of like the higher speed areas, like in between, um, like turn four. Turn four yeah. could use some more seating, just because. I mean, it's so high intensity, high. I don't know. That's you see a lot of passes there. Yep, That's why it a- surprised me that there's not more there. Yeah, there's a lot of position changes coming out of three going under the bridge. Before they really rope it in into five. Yeah. And I don't really know the logistics of it, but I would love to see more screens as well. Even if they're just smaller, like pop-up screens, it would be nice to have those in more areas of the track. I mean, you have a screen in five, one, and the middle of the hurry downs, and that's... Oh, and... Don't forget Canada. Canada, and going up the hill to the Corvette Bridge. So there are screens, but there could be more smaller ones, I think. I feel like the screens are kind of centered around high Sunday spectator areas. I don't feel like they're really catering to campers. I feel like they just want the high action turns to have screens because that's where most of the people that come in just for race day are going to sit. And that is a good point is like the area where camping is or the areas where there are campers or tents or whatever it is, those areas are really kind of just like not touched, honestly. And right. a prime example of that is the sandbox right there at the, the exit of the carousel. I mean, it's this huge area. Again, it's like the fastest part of the whole track at this really, really like just make or break turn. And there's nothing yep. down there. But I think the reasoning is because it is all the way at like the back of the track. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, they, they spend the money to get the bleachers out there and the screen and whatever. And how many people are actually going to venture over there? I don't even know how many people that come just for the day actually know that that area exists. Probably just because not. It, it's so far. Like a lot of people stick within like 14, five, one, three, like that's, yeah, just, just, you know, within a couple turns of the front gate. Essentially. Yeah, just so they can park up by the gearbox or whatever and just have a short walk. Right. So if there's any listeners that haven't been there, if you go there, don't just stay in that area. There's other stuff to see. <laughs> 
I think that's what they've been trying to do is try to make it more an experience where it's not just the race, essentially. Right. Because they have the zip line. They have like the family fun area. They got all the different um, car specific or car brand specific corrals. So if you're interested in Corvettes or BMWs or Porsches, you can go see them. And each concession concession stand is a different like area organization or restaurant. So they like try to represent the town of Plymouth or the town of Elkhart Lake. And it's it's meant to be kind of an enlightening experience rather than just when you go to an oval track and sit in one spot forever. And yeah, yeah, that's what really makes it unique is that you aren't just, you know, restricted to that one spot. Like, your ticket isn't a seat. It's literally a pass to the entire track. Right. And that's what, when, like, when I tell people that I'm going to the races that have never, like, heard of Road America or anything, and they're like, oh, you're just going to sit in one spot and watch cars? Like, no. This is a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, they put in a disc golf course. Yeah, that's true. That was a fun There's, course. We should do that it, again. It was. I just hope they maintain it a little bit better. Yeah, but there there were some holes that were a bit rough. I mean, you can go to a racetrack and race yourself with go karts. Yeah, like yeah, the they go-karts. are all about the fan experience. It's not just hey, come watch these cars and spend your money. It's make a Max. family day out of it. Max, I know you were a little disappointed you didn't get to do any test driving this year. Yeah, I was a little bummed about that. Um, I was kind of excited to um, hop in a Miata or whatever they were offering to let people drive around in. Right. That's always fun to watch, too, like sitting up at the top of the hill on the outside of seven, just watching all the people gunning it through the mm-hmm. test course and see who's too scared to actually drive it like it's meant to be driven. Right. Or well, the people that fail at doing so. Right. Stall it going up the hill. <laughs> Amateurs. It surprises me that people don't know that some cars are actually meant to be driven hard. Like, it's good for the engine to drive a car hard because it loosens up the sediment and stuff that's in the engine. If you drive it like a Sunday driver all the time, you're going to just destroy your engine faster than you will if you actually redline it once in a while. Mm hmm. What was it? We were, I was watching a video from Donut. Well, probably they were uh, doing a video on the RX-7 and the RX-7, it was meant to be driven like pretty much on the red line. Like that's what the car was meant to do. And uh, they had to implement like a warning sound because the engine (laughs) sounded like so good in the red line. They're like, all right, you got to stop. You got to back her down a little bit. So, um, yeah, little known fact about cars. That's pretty crazy. The average Joe. But back to uh, Road America. What do you guys think about the racing this year? Because I I got my own opinion, but I want to hear from you guys first. Um, I feel like over the years, the racing has become slightly less action packed. I don't know if it has to do with, you know, rising costs of car parts. So people don't want to drive too hard or whatever um i feel like like last year for example there were no position changes in the front of the pack in the big race 
for like the last hour. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much it, just hot laps. Yep. Um, GT is usually better this year, not so much. Um, one thing that I find to be more and more true over the years is that the amateur classes often have more action. So like the I Continental agree. Tire Series, um, the the Miata, the Spec Miatas. Um, when I went to Indy and Champ Car, there was the USF 2000s and the Indy Lights. There were always battles in the high action corners. I don't know if it's because of, like I said before, the cost of the cars or maybe wanting to show off your skill so you can move up in the ranks. I don't know what different differentiates, but the guys that are doing it just for fun seem to be a little bit more adventurous. Yeah. Do you think that there's just uh, that big of a gap between the different types of drivers and skill level? Um, in the amateur classes, absolutely. Um, because there are drivers that, you know, had just started. But there are also drivers that could be driving for GTD or GTLM mm-hmm. if they had the money and, you know, the whatever the. The clout to get into a bigger team. Bring back McDreamy. We need McDreamy. Yeah, right? McSpinzies. <laughs> He's still racing, but only in the actual Le Mans circuit. Oh, okay. He I only races that. European races, I believe. Hmm. What a loser. I I, yeah, right? I don't know if it's because of just the the close proximity of all the tracks, so there's less travel cost. I don't know. I'm sure he's busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's got something going on. He was probably just tired of all the middle-aged women coming to see him at every single race. Right. Like, I just oh. want to see him spin out right in front of camp again and spike his helmet. <laughs> that was the most exciting part of that weekend. That, that was pretty exciting. Mainly I, because Nettie and Luann and everybody got up and went, Oh my god, it's Patrick Dempsey without his helmet on. Like, oh, okay. <gasps> He's literally <laughs> existing in front of us. <laughs> He's real. He's a real man. <laughs> I'm not a puppet. He didn't die in that one episode. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. Spoilers. Chelsea watches Grey's Anatomy all the time. And I'm like, oh, is this the part after Patrick Dempsey or before Patrick? Like, <laughs> Very important that I know. Uh, Jordan just Jordan just started rewatching it again. Like she just <sighs> went back to season one. She's like, I'm I missed it. I want to watch it again. Like, all right. Yeah, I'm you. dealing with that too right now. I, so. I don't get it. Like, I like some TV shows, but I don't know that I could watch Grey's Anatomy four times <laughs> over, five times over. Right. Because that's just not me. Chelsea's on, like, number three, I think. Watch through number three. Watch. I just don't. She just walks around the house all day without her phone. Like, <laughs> like watch something that's not that. I don't should, care what uh, it is. Should get, um,. I don't know if Oculus has this feature, but you should have like an Oculus, right? Where it's strapped to your face and you've got the the show, but then you can like the opacity is like 25% so you can see what's going on around you. See your surroundings. Yeah. So you can go about about your day and watch whatever show or YouTube at the same time. I could play video games and still function at the same time. (laughs) Just cleaning the kitchen. Super. (laughs) Hot, super, <laughs> super, <laughs> super, uber. 
this fridge is gonna be so clean it's not even funny <laughs> it's just dense like, <laughs> you're just punching the fridge <laughs> yeah <laughs> we need a new fridge <laughs> but um I agree with you Brian I agree with you for the most part like the amateurs were definitely more interesting this year than the the big boy race unfortunately it was a lot of you know the beginning of the race or anytime there was a restart which there were actually very few restarts this year right um it was interesting but beyond that the field was real spread out and it was pretty much just like all right this person's gonna just run away for the rest of the race unless something happens and that's right well and going away from road america for just a second like i was watching the vir uh gt challenge yesterday and first second and third the 911 porsche was in first in second 23 and a half seconds behind was a number three corvette and then the 912 i believe was in third at 29 and a half seconds behind and then the fourth place was three laps behind so i don't know if people are pushing or the cars are just falling apart or i i don't know I, i don't know either i mean i'll i'll be uh i'll hazard a guess i think it's because the different manufacturers that are actually involved in it don't care about racing as much anymore. Where, it's just a publicity stunt. Yeah, I mean, if you look at racing in a historical context, especially with IMSA, I mean, it existed as a proving ground for all these different manufacturers to show that their model or their car was the best around. You know, right. the, the old saying is what wins on Sunday sells on Monday. So, right. and that's not the mentality anymore. You have all these different car manufacturers that would rather just focus on how they're going to advertise to the consumer than actually putting an effort into engineering a good race car. Right. It, it's an afterthought, essentially. I mean, their, their performance reputation is already slated in stone. So they yeah. have nothing to prove. It's just it's just a fan entertainment slash monetary gain situation. This, I mean, look at you know the old Ford Ferrari rivalry back in what was that the fifties, the sixties? The sixties, yeah. Yeah, Carroll Shelby and whoever. Sorry, in Enzo. I'm, yeah, Enzo. Basically. Yeah, Enzo Ferrari. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that was because. Ford built a car that was, you know, pretty much unbeatable, and Enzo Ferrari went, uh, time out. We're going to put an end to this. And that was actually, you know, whose car is better. These days, it's just, oh, yeah, we'll throw our car in here because, you know, a lot of people watch this and they'll be like, oh, that's fast. We're going to buy that. Right. They don't- and to me, that ruins the, the sanctity, if you would, of racing. Right. That's less about actually racing and more, like you said, of a publicity stunt. Yeah. Where they're just trying to get as much exposure as possible and that's it. Well, I mean, after this year, 
there's no more Porsches. Yeah. Porsche yeah. is what? completely yeah. pulling. Yeah, Porsche is completely pulling out of motorsports. Completely. Yeah, they're they're probably like people know what Porsche is. Like we don't have to <laughs> put all this money and time and effort into all these different cars. I mean, they have their own class essentially. Right. So, well, and I mean, GT. Even this year, GTLM was what six cars, two Porsches, yeah. two Vets. And two BMWs. So mm-hmm. next year the field is four cars, unless Lexus steps up or Ford jumps back in with somebody. But if Porsche's gone, the GT3 Cup Challenge is no longer a thing. Right. It's like okay, most of your field is going to podium. Cool. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, you get one loser. That's real fair. What is this kindergarten? <sighs> it's so. I'm I'm not surprised that we ended up talking about this because it's a real issue that plagues racing, no matter what type of racing it is that you're watching. I mean, even NASCAR kind of suffers from the same same issues where you have I don't you essentially have like a race organization that puts so much restriction on racing that it makes it hard for people to get into it to begin with. But then right. also there's a severe lack of new drivers out there because to go to racing school is also super expensive. So it's like everything is pitted against racing from the start. So it's no surprise that what is actually going on in racing is lacking because of it. It's starting to catch up finally, I think. Well, and my big thing about this whole situation is like I started going to Road America with cart. And -hmm. then they changed the rules, scaled down, and then changed, rebranded to Champ Car. And then they scaled down, changed the rules, and rebranded to just the IZOD Indy series and completely stopped going to Road America. So we started following the IMSA or the American Le Mans series, which obviously merged together with whatever the hell the other one was. Sorry, I don't remember at this time, but they merged and now we have balance of power rules and class merge and fields are dropping. And I don't know that this is going to last either. Yeah, I would be very surprised that it lasts more than five more years, which is really disappointing because it's such a great series. I mean, when it was still the ALMS series, it was fantastic. That was like the peak, man. That was peak. I mean, you had the Stevenson racing for GTs. You had all the Corvettes. You had the Audis. You had the Vipers. BMWs. Don't even get me started on the Vipers. Don't even oh, get know. me started. <laughs> I know. Zach could just, just carry this whole episode away on the Vipers. <laughs> You're not but, wrong. But I mean, it's just... It is so disappointing what racing has turned into. I mean, something that my dad and my stepmom and my brother and all of our friends have and I have built our life around is now just dwindling into almost nothing. It's a very bleak outlook, Ryan. Very bleak. I know, but it's just it's so hard with all the different changes and I mean, mm-hmm. is there going to be a GTLM field in two years? Probably not. 
No. I mean, if you have just BMWs and Corvettes, nobody seems to be. I mean, Chip Ganassi had a really good running with the four GTs, but for some reason he just said, all right, we're done. Well, it was the same way with Dodge and the Vipers, just to bring it back to that, because I can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Vipers were awesome, man. They were top of the field. I mean, they were in direct competition with the Corvettes every single race. It was really between them and then the GTs, depending on the track, usually. Right. Because the GTs just have so much straight line speed, it's not even funny. But that's beside the point. My point is that, again, whoever the execs are at these companies are just deciding that racing is not worth the time and money to do it anymore. And right. that's what's really sad. It's like you have this whole group of people, very passionate people, I might add, about racing, clearly as we're talking about it right now. And right. you're just you're depriving this huge group of people of something that they've come to love. It, it, it's sad. It's sad. I mean... Like you just said, as obviously as we're talking about it right now, I mean, racing is a huge part of a lot of people. But I just want to pause for a second. We just got yelled at by the one and only Bongo Brown. Um, oh boy! Because we're not watching the Indy Five Hundred. So, oof. Sorry, Dad. I knew it was on. I watched the start at the Brewing Company, but you gotta I, get a picture in picture here. Yeah, right. We gotta like Twelve put it as part go. of the stream. But yeah, get, I yeah just, we got yelled at get yelled at hard <laughs> as we're talking goals. about racing takuma sato's leading scott dixon that's good i i don't know why but i'm not a huge fan of scott dixon he's a good guy but for some reason i have just built a disliking <laughs> let sato win it that'd be awesome all right back to the <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i agree with you um the manufacturer execs are not doing hardcore race fans any favors um so that begs the question what what needs to change or what can road america do just i'll take it back a little bit what what are some things that we'd like to see for the future like Even as far next- as as far as racing preservation yeah racing preservation or stuff that you think that they can improve within reason um As we mentioned before, probably, you know, more screens and high visibility areas uh, just to get more people into it without, you know, new fans being um, kind of bored by it. Um, I feel like they could also have a longer main race just so there's more chance for passes like this year. It was what, 1145 until 130 or something like that? Yeah, it was a little over two hours. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think if we did, like, start the race at noon and run it till four, just have a four-hour sprint so you have an opportunity for two, maybe three pit stops. Uh, (laughs) Four-hour sprint. Oh, yeah. Dad, Dad, Dad says bring back Bill's potatoes. Yes, they yeah. leveled the area where the Bill's potato stand was. So maybe if we bring a couple two by sixes and some <laughs> uh, some corrugated steel and yes. some uh, let's go some roof trusses, we'll just uh, we'll build a new <laughs> Bill's potato stand right across from the medical building. That's there's a good idea. Why not? 
why not? You just sometimes you got to take it upon yourself to just make things happen. And right. Bill's potatoes, we can make it happen. Nettie did a pretty good job of replicating Bill's potatoes, but I feel like sometimes we need the original. <laughs> I will say the fried chicken that we had this year, or no, is broasted chicken. It was broasted, broasted chicken, chicken at, turn, at three. turn three. Oh, that was good stuff, man. That yeah, was good that stuff. Was- that was fantastic. Who would have who to thunk? Max Thunder Road is America. Still thinking about that chicken. You yeah, Max it. is like salivating right now. He's like, <laughs> Shit, I just I haven't stopped thinking about it. <laughs> He's like, I just ate, but man, man, I'm, I'm gonna drive now. to Road America right now. Yeah, that's why he hasn't said anything for the past 15 minutes. He's just, just thinking about chicken. Thinking about sitting chicken. there going, I wonder if I break into that stand if there's still chicken in the cooler. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything there? Will they be mad if I turn the ovens on? <laughs> so I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum from you, Ryan. I would like to see shorter races that encourage really? people to make more moves or like I guess have more action in a shorter amount of time. I suppose, yeah. Like I totally I totally appreciate the longer races and like the tacticality that comes with it and it's it's a different kind of race right but what's flashy and gets more people involved which in turn would make the manufacturing people see that it's worth their time is something that's exciting and um flashy i guess and i think that shorter races would be what they're looking for i mean on one end of the spectrum if you push it longer um there's less of a chance i suppose yeah because it cuts down the need to be bold and make risky moves because you can kind of work up two things right with the longer races it's more about pit strategy and it's it's endurance i mean four hours in the world of imsa is a sprint where right you have races that are 24 hours or 12 hours like those are endurance races so again to the casual viewer four hours is a pretty long time but for somebody who actually wants the racing to be good that's nothing right so like i watched 18 of the 24 hours of sebring this year so Mm -hmm. well that's why it's like daytona sorry you can have those longer events to cater to the true like diehard race fans, right? Like those are the guys that they're there, they're ride or die. You know, they're they're there for the race. But then people that are new, it's like, all right, let's get some events in there that are shorter that people can, you know, easily digest and see what's going on. Right. So Which, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna say that like some of the different stock car series, like the Miatas, for example, like a five lap race and those Miatas would be awesome. That would be crazy to see like people going four or five wide into Canada battling for a position. Right. So, um, that's what I wanted to say. Sorry. What, what the hell was I going to say? Um, I feel like if they did like the first four races of the season after the 24 hours of Daytona, because obviously, you know, race fans live for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first couple races of the season do like a VIR format from this year. Do like a GT challenge for two hours and a prototype challenge for two hours. 
for each race just to kind of pull people in because I feel like newer people that are just getting introduced to the series would kind of dwindle towards the end of the season. So make the first few races exciting and, you know, kind of yank them in. And then when they kind of disappear, bring the real race fans back to the action and throw the longer stuff in. Yeah. It's kind of like, kind of like writing a paper, right? You got to have a, a catchy hook to get people in and then then you can right. hit them with the details i guess right so all in all i mean this year for racing it was interesting it was interesting because it was a weird mix of not as many people there for covid you didn't have all the different off track like experiences or opportunities so it really was all about racing this year Right. And unfortunately, I I mean, I for me, I was pretty disappointed because, again, there were just these races where you pretty much knew who the winner was going to be from the start. Like right. after three, four laps, it's like, all right, this person is just walking away from the rest of the field and that's it. And, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. No. No, interrupt okay. me, please. I'm just um, talking to talk. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, okay. All right. Um, I'm I mean, wondering... we're all talking to talk. <laughs> right. That's just, that's pretty much what we do here. Um, I don't know if the lack of action was due to the drivers knowing about the lack of, you know, fan base. I don't know if they felt that they needed, didn't need to put on a, such a good action packed show. Well, we also didn't know if racing was going to happen this year either. Right. I feel like part of it is they just kind of want to get in their position that they're in and hold it and get those point standings in case, one, the season doesn't finish, or two, their team has some sort of incident where they can't finish the season and they want to be in as high of a position as possible. They didn't want to risk taking themselves out or others out because they knew the the fragile state of the season. Yeah, I don't think... Of, yeah, you're right. I don't really think about that when it comes to racing, too. It's like series standings often mean more than just like a single race win, unfortunately. Right. It's, it's not like, like... It's not like football or baseball or basketball where if you know, a starter or something gets put out on injured reserve, you have a backup. You have four drivers for your team. If you have one person in a car because the other one is out and there's mandatory driver changes in the longer races, where does that put you as far as legality and, you know, the rules stand? Mm. True, and it's not like football or baseball where it's literally just win or lose. Like that's what gets put into the record book with racing. It's like, would you rather come in second or crash your car and not finish at all? Exactly. You get eight points or you get zero points. Right. So there is a whole different kind of strategy when it comes to racing. And sometimes it's good. And sometimes it's bad because again, you have people that, when it comes to the end of the season, they really need to get those points so that they can get yeah. up in the standings. But if you're out ahead, then it's like, yeah, I'll just coast. Like, right. it's fine. I mean, so. I, would, I would be interested in doing the math 
as far as so like say you have a 10 race season if you know getting second or third place consistently is better than two first place finishes and then being in the back of the field yeah it's you know like the, the points are i guess slow and steady or push real hard and get two first place finishes and risk you know spinning out and going back in the field at the end of the season Mm-hmm. Well, one thing's for sure, going for first place is way more interesting than coasting. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's for sure. So, uh, any final thoughts for you? We're we're getting up there in time, so if there's anything you want to say about Road America this year or what uh what you'd like to see for next year, now's the time. My final thought is People, if you have not been to Road America, go. Go. Well, and this is this is coming from a guy that has Road America tattooed on his leg. So True. Very true. The passion is real high. Max, impart some wisdom on our listeners. In terms of uh, Road America? Yeah, let's let's wisdom hear wisdom from the amateur. As yeah, as as a guy who went for the second year during the pandemic i mean it was still lots of fun so if you haven't gone to an actual like official track anywhere like do it you know there's no reason not to loud loud cars good food lots of drinking more (laughs) drinking (laughs) and then then camping if you want to that might just be us that drinking that might yeah it might just be us (laughs) But and half of the carousel campground. <laughs> <laughs> it's really the drunk tank down there. Right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, the only way that racing is going to get better is if more people go to it and there's more people there and that are excited about racing. If you're yep. if you don't know a lot about racing, like I said before, I mean, go for the experience. There's tons to do besides actually watching the race. This yep. year is a bit of an, an anomaly because of COVID, but I have a feeling that next year it's going to be ramped up again and it'll be, uh, it'll be a good time. So When we get back to normal, make sure you show up because the fan numbers is what keeps the brand going. Very true. That, going. And, that and Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> yeah he keeps it going too sweet all, all right. right cool cool excellent that was, that was a lot of fun let's uh let's end the episode with the patented closing times closing <laughs> times demonetized oh no <laughs> copyright strike is coming look out not the copyright <laughs> Oh, uh, Max. Max, why don't you start us off? What did you pick for this? Sure, week? let's go out of order. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> there's an order for this? What? Order? Um, order? So, I chose Free Will by Rush. Um, I totally didn't copy the band um, of the choices from this week's episode. No, not um, at- No, not at all. Um, so I chose Free Will just because, um, two reasons. One, um, trying to learn it on guitar and it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Just, just the beginning alone is just not fun. It's fun, but it's not fun because it's hard. So, 
that's been interesting. And then just the actual, like, the context and content of the song. There's so much content in a lot of Rush songs. It's a very you know. deep and profound song, Free Will. Right. It, it discusses the stuff about, um, you know, choosing our own decisions and whether or not, you know, the the battle between the thought of being controlled by a higher power or not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my favorite line in that is, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. That was going to be my favorite line. Yeah. That's such a great line. So poetic. Yeah. So that that was my choice. If you choose not to decide. All right. <laughs> so... As I was telling Zach before, this is a recently discovered song for me. Um, it's by Nils Lofgren. He's uh, a guitarist for the E Street Band. Um, it's called Keith Don't Go. Uh, Max, I think you would really enjoy it just because of the guitar part in the beginning. Uh, the acoustic guitar part is incredible. Um, but the message behind the song is basically Keith Richards is the Keith mentioned in the song. Um, and he's a big influence to Nils Lofgren, apparently. Uh, and Nils does not want him to go back to Toronto and face cocaine possession charges because it would end the Rolling Stones. So, Very, uh, what's the drama surrounding interesting, that? Interesting, yeah, interesting background. Yep. So that's my choice. Cool. Cool. So, um. I guess since I'm going last, I copied Max and chose a... Oh, God. What happened to Ryan? Where'd he go? Oh, boy. <laughs> Did we lose him? Oh, boy. Okay, well, I'll, I'll continue on. Hopefully, he comes back. <laughs> um, I copied Max and also chose a Rush song. I chose The Big Money. Often refer to it as just big money, but it's the big money, even though they never say the big money in the song. Um, but I just like the the song just because it's 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 a critique on a people who have money or just how people use money, but then also how money can change the world and people alike as well. So it's it's an interesting take just on money in general and and what kind of a role it plays. Um, there's some real like profound lyrics in there and, and just kind of what money can actually do. So if you're looking for some, I don't know, maybe some rush that's maybe not so mainstream, I would totally recommend listening to Power Windows and The Big Money is the first song on that album. So if you want some more like synth heavy keyboard rush, uh, the big money and power windows is, is the way to go. So it's a very energetic opening song for an album. Yes. Yeah. The intro is very hard hitting, I will say. Ryan, where did you go? You're back. I, uh, I, had, to use, I had to go for, for uh, a break, an emergency break, we'll say. Oh boy. Well, I'm glad you got that taken care of. Settled. <laughs> All right. Well, that just about does it then for episode 16? 16? 16? 16 it is. Yes. Episode 16 of the Muddled Thoughts podcast. As always, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Um, 
if you guys have any comments on the episode or perhaps something you'd like to see in the future, please, again, email us at muddledthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hit up our socials and uh, just let us know what you think. Overall, we'd love to hear back from you guys. So please let us know. We'd love to get into, you know, answering some fan questions and we would love you guys to input us on uh, what you want to hear discussed. I mean, I feel like that'd be a lot of fun. Exactly. Yeah, you guys control what we talk about and do uh, just as much as we do. So let us know. It makes it more fun for, for all of us, I think. Okay, well, until next time, uh, signing off here. I'm, I'm Zach. I'm Ryan. Keep your glasses full. Yeah, this is Max. Zach, what's the slogan? What's your slogan? Uh, be nice. Just be nice. Always, to always each other. be nice. Don't be mean. Oh, he be changed nice. it. Used to be. Don't be dumb. Well, yeah. that too. Don't be dumb. That too. <laughs> That's a given at this point. You gotta right. start expanding. <laughs> All, All right, right, folks. Later, everybody. Deuces.